This is a podcast from Rover. Yes, this is Rex, the Saturday edition. Hamish Mackay and Rebecca Greaves, your team. Team up today in the Palmerston North studio. We get around the country a bit. I'm usually in Auckland. Of course, Bex comes across from the farm in Pongaroa. Uh, earlier today, we went to our Dunedin correspondent, executive producer of the show and host of Rural Today, weekday lunchtimes, uh, Dom George. Right. There's a lot of uncertainty and division within the agricultural sector at the moment. We talk about that, don't we? There's no rural-urban divide, but there's a bit of the old rural-rural jiggy-jiggy going on. And the Ag Emissions Pricing Scheme has been the cherry on the top of the cake uh, for many, or the the extra straw on the camel's back. Farmers feel like they're being pummeled, pushed and pulled from every which way. The economy, inflation. Government legislation, weather, of course, is always a factor. Uh, Farm prices, uh, inputs, it's all on. And there is, well, just trying to wade through all of that. It's very hard to escape the pressure and stress, 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 I must say. But how can we uh, manage it better? Uh, Let's have a look at this. Mental health advocate Sam Owen joins us now. Good morning, Sam. How are you? Good, uh, good. Thanks. Uh, how are we all down in the studios? In yeah, yeah, very good there, Sam. Uh, look, tell us about what you're hearing on the ground through your work with Rural Support Trust and, of course, your own uh, consultancy business. Yeah, so it comes back to the same old factors at the moment. It doesn't matter what we're facing on the horizon. It's having that communication and having that... Uh, traceability back to uh, what's been planned and, and what's going on is always the um, the old thing, you know, um, having having contracts in place or having agreements um, which have been, you know, gone over with a fine-tooth comb so there's no, no problem seems to be always the starting point for a, a bit, of, bit of stuff going on, whether it be in the rural support area or whether it be in my consultant business. And also... It's been a long, tough spring for many. The grass hasn't grown, and um, a lot of people were coming out of the back of a, uh, a really dry summer. So it seems to have just been a, you know, a long old uh, calendar couple of months, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tough, a, a tough old time. And look, I mentioned it. There's no doubt about it. Adding to this is uh, the sort of like, I guess, the 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 sector infighting, the division, the division. Um, Really, we need some. Uh, it feels like we need some serious unification here, Sam. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 division right throughout too. It's not just certain certain um, sub industries. It's not just dairy and dairy. It's it's dairy, beef, right across the sector, whether it be sheep, goat, and all all the ones in between. But um, looking and trying to unify is it's just uh, it's just you know everybody's going to feel a different pinch or a different um, implication from a lot of these policies coming through. And how do we get everybody around the table and everybody kind of pointing in the same direction? Um, and for me, leaders need to empower the farmers and the people they represent, not just give them statements and, and push yeah. push them in the direction they, they feel that that certain industry lobby group should go. Um, and I think we all have a common goal. We all still want to be in agriculture post these policies coming in play, and we all want to have our rural community still thriving, so our local schools or golf clubs or, or whatever is still still there and still having the people turn up because those people are still employed in the rural industries around the countryside. 
Yeah, I like that word empower, Sam. So what what do you think are the important things for us to focus on and how do you think we can try and find some common ground at this time? So I think common ground comes from there's no doubt that we all want to, you know, give up the farm when we've finished with it in a better state than we have. There's no doubt. There's, if, you're not, if you're not contemplating that or not thinking about that as you're making decisions on farm at the moment, you're probably not doing the best by you or best by the farm. So we need to all focus on that. We are aiming to do that. Now, whether that be um, planting trees, retiring land, or whether that be concentrating on what our GHG numbers look like, we all have to have a common common goal that we're all heading to a better place on those subjects, not well, I'm going to be felt, I'm feeling like I'm going to be penalised by doing it. We need to focus on, we're doing it for the betterment of next generation. And I refer to um, Iwi, they, they usually plan in a hundred year, hundred year seat, hundred year bracket. They don't look at five, ten. What does it look like going past this five, ten years? And what does it look like at the, at the, at the coal face in five to ten years. It doesn't look good if you if you look at Hiwaka Ekanara and the proposal that come from the government. But what we need to change is our dynamic around how we move to that new policy by using the data we already have. And um, the government and the policymakers are not probably going to take into account feelings and beliefs. They're going to want numbers. They're going to want hard evidence to to push back on some of the policies we feel as farmers, as growers, are going to um, impede our rural communities or, or, or impede the profitability of our farms moving forward. Yeah, I feel like that's where I struggle with it. Um, and you're so right. They don't really want feelings and emotions, <laughs> um, which is, it, it's quite hard to separate that sometimes when it's a property that you, as you say, you're trying to leave in a better place and you do actually feel so attached to it and like you've put your heart and soul into it. And I feel like sometimes for farmers it is a little hard to separate um, those things. But we're hearing a lot about mental health as an issue and it's been raised a lot with us over the last few weeks. Just to sort of go in a slightly different direction, um, how can we make sure that we're looking after ourselves and our mates? What, what would you suggest are some practical things that, that farmers could be doing? So, you know, <clears throat> I could talk about this for hours, but trying to put some little points in place. Ask someone how they are and ask, ask them again because you'll never get the same answer twice. Guarantee it. There'll always be a but or an okay or but if or well if it wasn't for in the second answer. And quite often um, that then leads to a, a more open dialogue about how people are doing or what's going on. I think I think what you've got to be aware is stress. Everybody deals with stress in different ways. And, and whether it be um, you removing yourself from a situation whether it be uh, going to the gym and knocking and, and ramping up those endorphins to, you know, settle yourself down. But what we have to be wary of is mental health and physical health go hand in hand. It, there's no, there's no doubt. So if you're not feeling great, you're probably going to be more susceptible to those colds, the flu, the stomach bugs, bits and pieces floating in and, and because you're run down. And so we have to be, be wary of our, trying to keep a healthy body and healthy mindset and healthy diet which includes you know, eating your three meals a day and keeping hydrated in bits and pieces. But also, one thing I always tell people is keep a bit of a mental health toolbox. You've got a, everybody's got a first, kit, first aid kit in the house or a, or a tool kit in the garage. Keep a mental health toolkit. So if 
five things that you know that you can lean on or you rely on or you want to have close by if you're not really feeling the feeling that the the cogs are all connecting or you're feeling a bit run down so so for me my five things i take medication for my anxiety and depression i have to have that music music calms me down relaxes me i can i can then create a bit more of a um easy feel around the house because i'm not on on edge as much mm-hmm. exercise um keeping um water and um hydration up is quite key and also spending time with friends and family so you can have that dialogue but also being honest with them when you're going well we're going to have a chat, but I'm going to let you know how we go. But, you know, spending that time with the family so you're not withdrawing yourself so people can see your moods or see see what's going on. Well, Sam, that's some really great advice. I really love that. Five things that you can sort of lean on if you are struggling a little bit. So your own mental health toolkit. Yeah, love that's it. That's great. Absolutely love it. I've got uh, – actually, that's pretty much my, my toolbox as well. I mean, I was 50 before I discovered that I needed something to – uh, deal to certain feelings and and uh, then I, I love the music and the exercise I don't get anywhere as much as I need to in fact I think that's what got me through my teenage years and my 20s and my 30s the fact that I just used to put the running shoes on and go like Forrest Gump almost state to state um, and the H2O that is it sounds but it's so important where is yeah. your H2O Hamish what's where is oh, that? I, don't I don't have my yeah no exactly I've got yeah, mine. yeah, yeah. Mine's, mine's just flooded with coffee and sugar and milk uh, but your friends and your family you know I just I just wrote a list of, of great mates and everything and just uh, and said to myself every couple of months they have to have at least two ticks by them for having caught up and chatted and yeah and, and yeah. yeah for sure and and also you know your brain is not a your brain is not hardwired to just absorb everything and not shed anything and so yeah uh, and my grandmother, God bless her, she's long gone, but she always used to keep a diary. And I said, well, what are you keeping a diary for? And she said, well, you know, put my thoughts and feelings from that day. But we've gone away from it as, as a civilization. We don't, so many people don't keep journals or diaries, but having that download or, or uploading what we've got in our brains to the cloud that may not mean anything to us at the time, but it's just clearing a little bit of the, the rubbish or a little bit of the stuff in our brain to just keep it probably a little bit more healthy and a bit more open to accepting anything else that challenges that are coming in as well yeah i reckon a diary is pretty i mean i kept one for many many years and often i'll open it and if i'm you know you know feeling you know i'm just on the sort of not quite at 50 percent and then i'll read something and go oh, no i'm not going back there you know and sometimes it is a little bit of a get over yourself moment and and just take a deep breath and move on yeah and i think it's really good for reflection so no matter how you look at it write it down and just go back to it occasionally and i think yeah. it is coming back that sort of thing um people talk a lot in, in a slightly different form maybe but people talk a lot about sort of journaling and gratitude like um, writing down things they're grateful for for me it's meditation i do it almost every day Meditation. So yeah, how do you do? I have yeah. got patience for meditation, but I so many people take yoga, meditation, breathing exercises. I'm probably a little bit like Hamish, where I'm more of an active relaxer. Well, uh, I, I I have to have active as well, but the meditation, yeah. just a short one, and it's got to be guided. I can't. Yeah. I have to have someone telling me. I can't just sit there and breathe for ten minutes. But yeah, so many great tips, practical tips here to um, actually help you. Yeah, if things are looking a little overwhelming or you're feeling a little bit down about things yeah there you go i, I, I love that the, the the toolbox there your meds if you need them uh whatever you take whatever you need whatever you think will help uh, your music your exercise your h2 hydration your family and friends there you go and um, we maybe uh we could come up with a few more to add to that as well 
Okay, uh, Sam, great to chat. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time. That is Sam Owen, their mental health advocate, and some really good tips on just wading your way through uh, everything that is going on uh, in the world at the moment. Of far- because, you know, at the end of the day, with these far- pretty good farm gate returns and, you know, some reasonably sure, it, it feels like... Um, the sun is shining in many respects, but the headwind is is is, is, strong. is very strong. So it's like <laughs> it's like being at the beach and it's a beautiful day, but but the wind is there, you know, and yeah. it's, it's aggro, it's annoying, and uh, I think there's so much to be positive and about and thankful for, but there's also things that can make life feel a little overwhelming or a little uh, much, um, and it's just how we can manage that and um, yeah, see yeah. way through and and actually enjoy because, gosh. Being a farmer is the best job ever, isn't it? I mean, being outside, working with livestock, um, growing food, I just think we're so lucky. It's such a great career. And, um, yeah, I think we're the lucky ones to be doing it. But sometimes it, it feels like there is so much against us being able to just get on with doing what we do best. Yeah, and also I think you're right too because – the the primary you know I did sort of a total of four or five years in the eighties and it was a pretty post rogenomics a bit of a different time and since then communications technology uh, the machinery we use um, uh, the fact that I feel like the country as a whole has become a bit more of a village you know the 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 isolation to a point has decreased because of the way that we can keep in contact more but you're right we should be just Rather than sort of feeling like it's it's drudgery, it is an incredible thing to be doing. You know, just remember, um, here's my lot. Of course, Dad, uh, my father, late father, CT, he got quite addicted to the old hunting, the Rangitiki hunt and the Hawke's Bay hunt and everything. So he and his mate Brownie, they'd, uh, he'd, they'd line up, the horse would be loaded up and uh, the horse was called Clyde. But I had to do all the work on Clyde. But I never minded because... Being out the, I always remember one time we were basically getting all, we had about 2,000 ewes on this one block at Appity there, and just the the empowerment that I had from being on the back, sitting on Clyde with four dogs, listening to what you were actually saying, and just moving this huge mob of sheep, and then my stock agent, Paul Peterson, great guy, Paul, uh, over Hunterville Way these days, and you know, he pulled up, having a yarn on the side, and it's just something that stuck in my mind, going, it was a beautiful moment, and there was somebody there to witness and have a yarn, you know, it was great. Yeah, so. and I think nothing made me so grateful for where we live in our farm as COVID and lockdowns, because yeah. I kept saying to myself, and to my husband, thank goodness we've got space, and yeah. we can, I can still ride my horse, we can go for a picnic on the farm, we've got yeah. so many options. You know, imagine being stuck in an apartment in town, uh, I just would, I couldn't think of anything worse. So. Well, that was our scenario, except mm. that I had the cheeky key to the tennis court next door, which was very helpful, well, without that, I would have gone cuckoo. Yeah, and oh. I, I just thought, wow, if I had to, yeah, if I had to be confined, and yeah, it would have been very yeah, difficult. I, I don't sort of have good visions of you confined, actually. <laughs> the energy <laughs> and the uh, two hours, the three hours that I've known the physical being, you know, other than chatting to you down down the line, uh, I can see that you do sort of keep moving, moving, moving. Right out. This is Rex. Uh, we'll take a break when we come back. Uh, the one and only Katie Milne will join us from Brunner.